All right, welcome back to Vintage and Things with your host, Drew Heifetz. Today, I have on the podcast my homie, the number one hip-hop t-shirt collector in my eyes, the subject of my favorite Stash Raiders episode, Chico of Chico's Closet. What up? What's up? What's up, everybody? Uh, You're on Drew's podcast. (laughs) All right. Yes, you are. We are sitting in my hotel room. At the Saga Motor Hotel, my home away from home. You know it well, right, Chico? Yeah, man. I used to go to school across the street for one semester and then um, dropped out, got my financial aid check, took it all to Rose Bowl, spent it all the same day, and nice. never went back to school. That's yeah. sick. That's a perfect segue <laughs> into my first topic, which is on the last podcast, we gave a challenge to everybody to give a shout out to the people who got them in the biz. Okay. So let's hear your story of how you got in the biz and how, who got you started, how it happened. Well, I kind of found my myself into into the business, I would say. Um, I started going to Rose Bowl and then just, you know, I eventually started like getting into the clothing aspect instead of just the sneakers. But the people I would say kind of were my mentors were probably Varsity, uh, mostly Justin. He taught me a lot of stuff I know. And then everybody I met at the bins. So even back then, like you, so you were you were into sneakers before you were into vintage, right? Definitely was into sneakers. So you were flipping, buying and flipping. Yep, I've been I've been buying and flipping sneakers since I was probably fifteen years old, nice. maybe even fourteen. What got you into sneakers? You remember like those yeah. first few pairs? Uh, what got me into sneakers? My pops was a really big sneaker collector, and even though I didn't live with him, like that, that's what always kept us like connected. Nice. I remember just like opening the closet and seeing like a hundred pairs of sneakers, you know, like, and that was always just something I thought. Was he like, yo, you can look, but don't touch. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> and then, like, I remember, like, one day he let me wear a pair of his shoes, and I was just like, oh, man, you know, I'm doing it to him today. But, nice. yeah, other than that, like, that was just, like, something we bonded on, you know. So you guys would, would call each other and be like, did you grab this release or you got this Yeah, pair? well, I know, I know he always would grab them, but I know that, like, if I really wanted something, I could probably get it, but I was just... If I really wanted something, I would probably be the one to just camp out for it. Even at a young age, I was camping out of like Neo 39 down the street um, and just trying to get a pair, you know? Yeah, yeah. Crazy. So, I guess, was it the Rose Bowl before the bins or bins before the Rose Bowl? It was the Rose Bowl before the bins. And actually, a funny story about the Rose Bowl. The first one I ever went to, I went to your booth, (laughs) you and Jesse's booth, and I didn't know what the Rose Bowl was and I didn't know what to expect. And I remember I spent like a good two hours in the wrong area, like the furniture area. You're like, where's all, the, where's all the gear? I was like, where's all the gear at? And then Shit. I finally crossed the bridge. And the first booth I see is you and Jesse's booth. And I'm just picking out like 30 pieces. Like, oh, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come up. Polo <laughs> bear, you know, polo this, polo that, Tommy Hilfiger this. Yes. And I'm like, yo, how much is it? I'm like, yeah, that one's uh, 100, 150, 200. I'm like, oh, shit, never mind. Wrong booth. <laughs> wrong booth. That was a good, like. That's crazy. Yeah. So what year do you think that was? That had to be four years ago now. Three, four years ago. I want It's for sure three. It might be four years ago. That's rad, man. Yeah, I definitely remember that, though. I remember exactly. I picked up, like, a polo knit bear. I think he told me, like, 150 for it. And I was all like, whoa. Picked up, like, an ice cube shirt. I think he said, like, 80 bucks. I remember that so vividly. It was crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, our prices aren't, aren't rock bottom, but you can definitely still yeah. get the come-ups in our booth. Just I mean, depends. no, now knowing that, those were good prices. It's just then, I was just like, oh, yeah. snap. Like, oh, it's even, context, too. Yeah. You're probably going to a fleet thinking, like, shit's going to be five bucks, And not bucks. even really knowing, like, anything about vintage, yeah. like, you know, then. 
like you I know, know now, my know. first time at Rose Bowl my first time at Rose Bowl was like 15 years ago but I remember being so overwhelmed running around that place seeing so much heat the stuff like you see so much stuff that you search for outside of the flea market all the time and you're lucky to get one or two pieces and then all of a sudden it's everywhere yeah. and I remember just buying all I was like too overwhelmed I just bought so much shit yeah, yeah. and then I, then I got back and I'm like probably fucked up on this piece I probably yeah. shouldn't have bought this piece I paid too much for this piece fuck I was just yeah, so man. wrong and I remember too when we were first going to Rose Bowl we were into high tops like Air Force 2's and oh, like okay. old like Reebok yeah, highs yeah. and all these shoes and you could walk around the bowl and just you know 10, 15 bucks a pair we had boxes full of old shoes we'd yeah. come home with I also bought uh Robots. I'm into like old, oh, wow. like '80s robots yeah. and toy robots and shit like that. So I remember always buying robots. But I remember sneakers were like the first reason I even went to Rose Bowl because you know back then, at least when I first started going, a lot of people would go and they would just sell shoes. Like they would have them on the floor laid out, and I was like, I knew how to tell because I was working at a sneaker store. Like I knew how to tell which one was real, which one was fake, and I could look through them, look at the tags and everything, authenticate them. So I was really just looking for like cheap sneakers that I could flip at the store. And that was the main reason I started going. But then just eventually, you know, there was only so many sneakers to look through. I started looking through, like, clothing and stuff. And I got into, like, a bunch of, like, old Bulls gear, like Michael Jordan stuff, because that was, like, my favorite player at the time. And then it matched with the shoes I was wearing and stuff. So that's how I really got into, like, the actual vintage aspect of it. And so where were you flipping in those early days? Early days, uh, there was a sneaker group on Facebook called Shoe Game LA, and you could pretty much just put like beaters on there and sell them for like 60 bucks, 50 bucks, and people were always looking for like just cheap, like everyday beaters. So that's why I sold a lot of them. And then like at just school, like I was selling meet up, meet up flips too, probably. Eh? Pretty much, yeah. yeah. And I would sell them at school, you know, to my friends, we would trade and stuff. And then I eventually started working at a consignment store in Pasadena, Endangered LA. And then once I started working there, I didn't really buy as many shoes like that, but then I was able to buy shoes for like maybe 150 and sell them for 200, you know, and then kind of get into that type of aspect of flipping stuff. Um, but yeah, when I when I first started out, it was really just you know any cheap shoe I could buy and make like 10 bucks on 20 bucks yeah. on, you know. Got to get in where you fit in, man. Yeah, definitely. So are you, are you still fucking with sneakers at all now? As much as I really want to, it's just it's so it's so different for me now, you know. Mm -hmm. And it's like the reason I got into it is not the reason people are getting into it now. So I kind of just find myself drifting away yeah. more and more every year. Even working at a shoe store, you know, like every day I see like the same three, four pairs of shoes come in every day, and it's just it gets it gets boring to me. And, yeah, you know, don't. I just I eventually got over it. I don't want to be the one camping in line, you know, for so my sneaker to get a raffle ticket. Um, I don't know if people know this, but you work right down the road from right. here at Endangered Sneaker Shop. What's the cross street? Uh, it's Colorado and Catalina. Yeah, yeah. So it's like it's like fifteen minute walk from here if you were to walk it. So I've been in there a bunch. Obviously, you're in there all the time. How do you think the sneaker game is going right now, as far as like where the market's at and like not only the sneaker game, but I think just in general, uh, what I'm seeing at least a lot of the younger kids. I will say maybe like 17 and under, you know, like I remember when I was younger, like, you know, around Christmas time, kids would want like a new video game or a new toy or whatever, you know. But now I just see like 10 year old kids coming like, oh, I want Off-White, you know, I want Supreme, I want sneakers. And that's pretty much where I think the direction is going. And it's not even so much what people are liking. And it hasn't been what people like for a long time, but it's kind of what's just hot. 
and people just following that trend in the sneaker in the sneaker business, you know? Yeah, you know what's funny? I was talking about this recently to somebody because um, I was just in, I was just in Amsterdam. Yeah, and uh, used to be you travel all over the world, and every different place you go has their own culture and their own. Right. Well, they still have their own culture, but they had their own look and their own style. Like you go to England, and dudes are wearing polo golf shirts buttoned up to the top or like stuff that we won't fuck with yeah, and like the air maxes and stuff yeah like that. and they're yeah. big into their sneaker game over yeah. there on a different level than we are like the history of it yeah but now it's like because of the internet because social media everyone sees everything so cultures are kind of colliding, kind of colliding. <laughs> and you just see you know you go to amsterdam and everyone's wearing yeezys and you're like fuck, yeah. they wouldn't have been wearing yeezys 10 years ago because they wouldn't even have known they were out there yeah so I feel like it's the world is losing diversity in style and culture yeah. because of that. But yeah, and I think a lot of people are just you know losing their personal style. You know, it's kind of what what someone else wants to wear opposed to what they want to wear. You know. Yeah. All right. So you are a part time, part time vintage flipper, or, or you, I mean, do you even consider yourself in the game like that now, or do you consider yourself just a collector now? Uh, I mean. I'm definitely still like at the Rose Bowl flea market and I'll pop into Melrose, but I'm not really looking through anything, you know? Yeah. If I go to Melrose, I'm really just going to say what's up to everybody and I might check out a few booths. Um, but yeah, I'm really mainly a collector and then I do I do sell on Instagram, but I'm not as into it as I once was. Like I remember I was going to the bins like every other day, every day. Um, but then it just kind of got boring to me, you know? And yeah. then it just got, it got to a point where like it's way too packed and it just it wasn't the right fit for me, you know. Fair enough, dude. So yeah, speak on that a bit. Like, when's the last time you hit the bins? Uh, probably last year, or I might have went this year just to go. Like, I might have just met someone up there, and I was like, ah, let me knock out a few rounds or something, you know. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I definitely didn't have an Throw intent. Throw me in the ring. I didn't have an intent on going this year, but I might have popped in once or twice, okay. just you know, like you said, just throw me in the ring, see what I could find, you know. So yeah, I went. I went once with Taryn and you know Dave. Who goes with goes to that same bins? Dave and Molly. I do. Yeah. Yeah, they're super cool. Okay. Shout out to those guys. So Taryn took me, and he's like, "Come to the bins. I had a day to kill, which I usually don't have a day to kill when I'm down here. I'm busy, yeah. right?" Um, and that was my first time. That was maybe six months ago. Oh wow, that was your first time. First time with the bins. Oh wow. You know, we we don't shop at bins in Canada. We don't even yeah, have yeah. bins in Canada. Okay. We have something called rags, which you know, um, but it's different, and we're getting stuff from different sources. But I went there with. No expectations. And I didn't really, for me, I didn't have to find shit. It was kind yeah. of just a fun experience, right? But I thought it was super fun, man. Like, I, I like the atmosphere <laughs> that people's, everyone's super competitive and vibing. And it's just funny to me. And, like, you got to really, like, push your way into the bins. Yeah. And you got to, like, you got to wait for the, the line to finish to start digging. And then... You know, everyone's like running, and people people are running around so fast, running to the next bin, and then yeah. you, you go back to that bin. And you're like, dude, you just missed this sick Levi's jacket, or you missed this T-shirt. You guys are like rushing yeah. too fast here. I don't know. It was it was a fun experience, and I did find shit. I filled a whole shopping cart, found yeah. some Tommy pieces, <laughs> found some Levi's pieces, some good tees. It was a fun yeah. day. I think it, it is a lot of mentality going into there too. Like if if you if you're going in there with like a terrible attitude, like oh I'm not gonna find shit today, like you're probably going to give up quick and you aren't going to find anything. You know, that's the thing. Um, and yeah, you got, that's totally true. 
the positive men- mentality going into something like that and sticking it out. You could have a bad few hours and then the next exactly. bin comes out and you're scoring. Some people probably go go in and go, ah, oh, first bin was shit, I'm done for the day. Yeah. You know, you got to stick it out. And that goes back to what I always talk about. This isn't luck. This is yeah. people who hustle and they spend eight hours there all day are going to find stuff yeah. regardless. I remember one day I went I went to the bins and I didn't find anything all day. And then literally the last bin, like the last one that connected, like I found like a $200 t-shirt. Like it's just like it's stuff like that, you know, like and it was a terrible day for everybody. It wasn't just me, you know, but then it's like you stick it out. You go through the last rotation and then you never know what's going to come out, you know. Yeah, fully, man. I swear there's something about manifesting pieces. Have you ever done that? Oh, dude, it's I've got the craziest, like, manifested stories. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even have enough time to go into it, but so much weird shit like that happens to me all the time, dude. Like, Can you tell us one? Yeah, okay, so I was, so I found some photographs, right? And there was really no name. Where'd you find them? Like, family photographs or something? No, no, like, uh, like rappers. Like, where you found them at a flea market or something? No, they were, they were from someone's storage unit. Okay. Um... But basically, I was I, I was trying to find who was the photographer of them, and there was really no way for me to find it because these pictures aren't on Google or anything. They're not on Instagram, so I was just okay. Like I know basically the year that these photos were taken, and that's it. By by the year by, mark on the no, photo, just like or just by, by the like, clothes. I could tell just like by the clothes and like by their haircuts and stuff. Okay. Like the year that they had those haircuts and stuff. So I was like, okay, I, this is the year I have. Probably like I'm working with ninety five to ninety eight. So I started going through like a lot of magazines and then I was like, okay, I'm I'm eventually going to find like either the background of the pictures or the actual pictures, you know? So then one day... That's so smart. Story, so you're thinking yeah, yeah. if I can find the background, yeah, yeah. I know they were this exactly. spot with this photographer. That photographer, yeah. So I was looking and then eventually I found like... Do you have stacks? Sorry to interrupt. Do you have stacks of source magazines or something from yeah, those yeah. eras? I, okay. I have a bunch of magazines. And then I would go to like my friend's house who has pretty much like every magazine you could think of. And I would just look through magazines at his house for hours and talk to him. So that's pretty much what I was doing for like a good two months because I really wanted to find the photographer and reach out to him, you know? So then one day... Basically, at this point, I've been looking through magazines for like two months trying to find a photographer. And then one day I'm at my friend's house, right? And we were talking about the same stuff we're talking about, just like manifesting stuff and weird shit like that happening. And I remember I gave up and I opened the magazine like halfway and I put it on like the armrest of the sofa. And then out of nowhere, one of his friends comes in like from like back in the days and like, oh, they just wanted to catch up. She sits down and then we're all talking and she, she was in the business. So she's telling us like all these cool stories and shit, how she used to work for like Master P and be a stylist and stuff. And little do you know, like she looks at the magazine and she goes, oh, my God, I styled that picture with uh, with Master P and Snoop Dogg. She's like, yeah, I was the stylist. I gave them their outfits, everything. And I was like, oh, shit, no way. And then I'm looking. And at this time, I had found the photographer's last name, but he didn't have his he didn't have his first name. So I was all like, okay, like that's weird that everyone else in the magazine has their first and last name except for him. So we're looking at it and I literally didn't know it's the photographer that took my pictures that she styled. So then she's like, I was like, yo, like, do you know, like the photographer by any chance? I've been trying to find him for months. I know this sounds crazy. And she's like, no, no, it doesn't sound crazy. Like, she's like, I believe in all this stuff. Like, I was here for a reason. Like, I was supposed to come today and meet you and type shit. She's all like, so here, let me look through my receipts and stuff. I have all my receipts from the 90s. And, like, it should say, like, his first and last name on one of those receipts. And little do you know, she, like, she found the photographer. She found the receipt? Yeah, she found the receipt. And then I ended up, um, then now that I have his first and last name, I was able to Google him, of course. And then he popped up. And then 
that's pretty much how I found that's them. But like crazy, amazing. yeah, it, it was really weird. And that the picture was open, the magazine was open. It was the photographer. She was the stylist, but like weird stuff like that happens to me all the time, dude. So like, I didn't even get surprised. I was just like, okay, yeah, that was it was probably supposed to happen. It's meant to be, you know, man. It was probably it's supposed to, to happen. Be. Yeah, that's a fire story, dude. And it's so rad that you were able to connect that. It was so weird, though, dude. I, we were talking about this it is true. For so long. This like, is so every episode. I'm trying to throw out the challenges. Last okay. episode, I said it was a challenge to go acknowledge the person who got you in the biz. Mm. But this week's challenge, just thought of it, is going to yeah. be to go manifest yourself some shit. Oh, yeah. So you got to, like, go to bed at night. Write it down on a paper. That's it. You like, journal. It write it down on a paper. Say it in the mirror. You know? And, and like, think of an item that you really want to find. Be like, yeah. I'm manifesting this item. Think about it. Keep it in your mind. Write it down on paper. Keep repeating it. And yeah. go find it. Write it down. Put the date on the paper. And then when you find it, Tag us in it, and it shows the paper with the date on it. That's, that's what it. We want to see. Tag us in it. Post <laughs> on Instagram. That's yeah. the challenge. Someone get this. Yes. Yeah, that's fire, dude. Okay, so obviously you're crushing it on these events right now. From what I know, you you did the first event was at uh, no, the first event was the first Def Jam event, right? Yeah, that was at uh, the shoe store I work at. It was all yeah, I was sick. I, I came for that one. Yeah. I was rad. Then you did the Nas event, 20-year yes. anniversary, right? 25th year anniversary. 25th year anniversary. Yes. Super rad. I never got to make it to that, but it looks sick. Thank you. You just did a second Def Jam. Yeah, I did a installation at the 35th anniversary party. I had uh, like 50 t-shirts for sale on display. Um, but yeah, that was dope. That was in New York. i never been to New York, so that was really awesome. So... Yeah. You got any any stories from that event? Like any crazy shit happen? Meet any cool people that you like? You kind of look up to or? Yeah, definitely met a lot of cool people out there. Um, I mean, Stretch and Bobito were there. Like DJ Premier, I got to talk to him for like twenty minutes. Nice. Um, yeah, and then there was a lot of cool people that were just like involved with the making of the T-shirts. Like the guy that designed the Red Man logo, he was there. And he's like, "Oh, dude, I designed this shirt." And then uh, like Say Adams was there. He designed like so many Def Jam pieces back in the day. So it was cool just talking to them. You know, Miss Info was there. A lot of cool people that were just involved in the industry. You know, they did rights for like the Source magazine and stuff. So a lot of people like I read their work and like I know of their work and it was cool to just actually like shake their hand and stuff and be like, yo, yeah. appreciate what you've done. You know, all stuff like that. That's where you probably know more about their shirts than they do. <laughs> <laughs> so we were talking about this off, off uh, record here, but you had a shirt stolen from the event. Yes. Beastie Boy shirt. Yeah. So how did you even notice it was gone? Like just... I just left, you know, empty hangar. They leave the hangar. And yeah. did, did you notice fast or was it like end of the night that you were no, like, oh, Well, they stole this shirt like the last five minutes of the event. So I was getting ready to pack up soon. And then I remember like when I was packing up, I just look and see the empty hangar. And I was like, no way. Like I literally turned away for like 30 seconds. Like there's no way, you know. But I mean, that's that's the game, you know. You're gonna get that, and you know, sometimes you just gotta take it on the chin, you know. Yeah, yeah. You know, nah, you it hurts, you're but it's it part back, of the game, you know? man. Yeah. I mean, especially if you work, if you well, not if you work, but if you if you are in retail, you have a business, or you even if you work in a retail store, like endangered, you know what yeah. happens, man. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Do you guys get theft in the store? Yeah, I mean, yeah, definitely. It, it they can't happen. steal sneakers because well, they can, but well, yeah, we, get... we never had a sneaker stolen. Um, but yeah, definitely t-shirts, they go missing every now and then. And it's just, you know, at that point, it's really, if you know who, who did it, you see the, the camera, you know, you could talk to them when they come in the next time or, you know, you could just leave it. 
Um, but it sucks, dude. It sucks. Like, we had one guy. I don't need to put his name out there, but he stole from us. And, like, he was, like, always cool with us, always talked to us. And, like, the day he stole the shirt, like, he, like, before he walked out, he, like, shakes our hand and stuff. And he's like, oh, yeah, see you guys later. Like, have a good one. It's just like, dude, like, like you're, yeah. like, you're the worst, you know? Like, yeah. you know, how are you going to shake someone's hand and steal from their business? Like, you so, know? such bad karma. I, I yeah. believe in karma big and time. Then, yeah, and but I then think then it's he, coming back to you. Yeah, that guy came back. And then, dude, I, I, I took him outside of, like, dude, like, you serious? Like, you, we know you stole from us. Like, and you're like, you try to act like you're like all cool with this and shit. Like, what the fuck is up with that? And he's just like, oh, dude, I'm so sorry. Like, uh, like, da, da, da. like, it wasn't even me. Like, it was my friend. Da, da, da. And it's like, dude, like, you're whack. Like, whatever, you know? I have a Rose Bowl story of something getting ganked. We had our, um, the 92 Rasta tank get stolen from the booth. Mm. You know that? Oh, the, the polo. The polo, yeah. Oh, wow. Like the three color plates tank. That's an expensive Sick tank. piece. Yeah. Rare piece. Hard to find. We've only had it like maybe under five times anyway. Wow. And could we hang everything on the booth, as you know, and we hang up all the bangers, right? And then yeah, all of a sudden yeah. there's a, we're like, fuck, where's the polo? It's gone. Oh, damn. And, you know, I'm not so concerned. My mentality on stealing is like you have to expect a certain amount of theft, especially if you're in retail and you're out there with booths or you're out mm. there with stores. You have to expect it. But yeah. when it, it hurts when it's something so valuable right. and hard to find. So anyway, we put a shout out for the shirt saying, if this shirt turns up anywhere in L.A., please let <laughs> us know. Which... Yeah, like the chances of that happening are rare. Yeah, especially something so rare like that. If it pops up, it's like yeah, it's same size. The same one. You know, it's yeah. come on. So it does. It pops up at round two. Of course, the same does. week. Yeah, of course, the it does. Same <laughs> week. And Sean, being a super G, yeah. shout out Sean Witherspoon for this. Sean Witherspoon hits us up and he's like, "Yo, I got your Rasta tank back. It's in my hand." He took a picture of the kid who brought it in, and we got it back. So that was a win. Yeah, they don't for catch us. the smart ones, they say, you know. Yeah, exactly. Like, come on, man. It's a world so small. And if you aren't in the biz, you maybe wouldn't know that how small the vintage game is. Exactly. But yeah. everyone knows everyone, so That's a don't fact. steal, kids. Don't fucking steal. Yeah, everybody knows everyone in the vintage game. It's that's not something we're just saying. Where we will find you. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so you did the bowl last month. We talked about that a bit. Yeah. But uh, how do you think the bowl has changed since you started going there till now? As far as buying or selling, man? Either or. Like the vibes, who's yeah. coming, who's selling, prices, whatever, man. Um, I think as far – I'll do both. Uh, as far as selling, uh, I think it was it was good. It might have even been a little, a little better than when I sold, like, you know, three years ago the first time. Um, back then, I was selling a lot of, like, the higher-end pieces – like the stuff that they sell now, but it was kind of because like no one really had that then, you know. Yeah. But now it's like everyone has it, and now they want the five dollar, ten dollar stuff, which is what I brought out this time. And I sold like way more than I expected, and it was kind of like a shock to me because you see all this crazy stuff up and stuff, and then it's like at the end of the day, people people are always gonna want something different, you know. So um, the selling aspect, I think it's it's still kind of the same, and I don't know. I'm sure you can attest to that better than I can. But um, I'm sure that the selling's kind of been the same as far as like how much you make, you know. Yeah, I, I mean, if you have good stuff, much. you sell yeah. it, and if your prices are fair, you sell it. You're always going to sell a little bit of the high end. Well, you'll sell a lot of the high end if you're fair. Yeah. And you'll always sell a ton of the low end, man. You yeah. know, we make a huge chunk of our bread and butter on yeah. ten, fifteen, twenty dollar t-shirts. Yeah, and know? then as far as the buying, uh, I mean. 
it's different, you know, it's definitely different. I mean, there's a lot more young kids, which I think is a good thing. Um, but I definitely didn't see it as much four years ago, especially from the sellers. Uh, I didn't see that many young sellers and, uh, you know, just, just any, any young kid that's new to something and doesn't know the game or anything, they're going to, they're going to be like, oh yeah, let me get an offer. Or, you know, if you try to buy something and they might even be like, oh, I'm not selling it, but I could do a trade. And it's like, no one brought a trade to Rosewell. Like, are you like, you gotta, you gotta do better, you know, <laughs> yeah. you really gotta do better, you know? But, uh, uh I mean, yeah, it, it's different. And, um, you know, people are just bringing out, like, they have like 10 crazy, crazy pieces hanging up on the, on the, you know, tent or whatever. And then the their rack crazy, is crazy, like, crazy prices. Yeah. And then their rack is just like, you know, super terrible. Like you couldn't even buy a shirt for $10 if you wanted to, you know, like that's what I'm seeing a lot of, but yeah, I mean, then again, you know, there is, there is a bunch of cool sellers that pop up every now and then and they surprise you with, you know, a bunch of cool, you know, nice curation and stuff. And, uh, I don't know. The Rose Bowl is way too big. There's always going to be something for everybody, you know. Yeah, totally, man. I think the role. I think for me, the Rose Bowl has changed so much, and it's. I think the state of the business right now is it's kind of at an all time high. Yeah, it's changed a lot. You know, it's morphed into vintage slash hype or hype vintage, and instead of what it used to be, which was mostly just stores coming and buying for their stores, yeah. and now you have. Instagram kids coming and buying to sell on Instagram and kids coming to buy and sell back to round two and like yeah. it, but it's created way more customer base. I think it's super healthy business yeah. right now. Like people I have think money. Not only that, and, but also now the average person kind of accepts vintage as to when a few years ago that was like you know, like, oh, you're wearing a pre-owned shirt, like, whoa, like, yeah. but now, you know, I think it's like, okay, yeah, it's vintage, you know, it's cool, or, you know, it's vintage, and, you know. It's good for yeah. the planet, which good people, planet, people yeah. vibe on now, too. If you look at, I read all about sustainable fashion and what's going on yeah. in the world, and, like, you know, Forever 21 just closed, right? Okay. Why did Forever 21 close? Because they're making garbage, and nobody wants it anymore. People yeah. want better quality, or they want to do something better for the planet. So... There's been studies recently where, you know, in the last five years, it went from about 30% of the population said that they would wear secondhand to now it's like 70% of the population See, say, look, yeah, say they'll crazy. wear secondhand. That's what I'm saying. Like, that's, you know, that's where the average person comes in, you know, that accepts it now, you know? Yeah. That's that's crazy. So it's super good for the business. It's super good for the planet. So obviously, yeah. it's a win-win here. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So let's talk hip-hop shirts man let's talk rap tees because you're the king okay <laughs> <laughs> you probably like that's all i talk about yeah what do you want to talk no about? but let's talk about like like that the, the rap tee game has its own economy it kind of came up i i would say like s seven years ago is when people started maybe like really noticing it five years ago is when they okay. started to like gain a lot of value and i feel like certain ones have already hit the decline now they're you know they're not selling for as much as they were maybe even two years ago right okay yeah so what's your take on that like what first of all i want to know what's the highest price shirt you've ever wrapped you've ever seen sell <laughs> that i've seen sell or that i've sold well, you know of that sold, oh, or maybe okay. you, that you've sold also and then sort of how the markets the trends have fluctuated within yeah. just the rap tea game um personally i normally keep like the crazy expensive ones but i do know that people have definitely gotten like two grand for a t-shirt which is like beyond me i've never sold a shirt for over a thousand unless it was like a trade plus have you bought a shirt for over a thousand 
Um, I bought a hoodie for over a thousand. I never <laughs> bought a shirt for over a thousand. I've gotten really close to a thousand, but it's so like well, I can't. Can you tell us what it is, or is that private? The shirt, no, uh, the hoodie. Say, the hoodie was no, the hoodie's private. Uh, the shirt, <laughs> okay. The shirt, uh, I bought like the Mob Deep, uh, the bootleg. Oh yeah. With the shook ones on the back. I think I did pay like eight, nine hundred yeah, bucks for it. Super rare. But super rare. The reason I bought it, I was, I remember, like I sold like three shirts that were like you know whatever and they were really easy to sell and i sold those made like 1100 that day and then i was like all right now i can buy the shirt you know i made room to sell it and then and now i can have it and then that's like the one like bootleg shirt that like people always try to buy off me but like i'm not selling it like and people have offered me like way more than i paid for it but it's like it's ridiculous what's your highest offer on it probably like 1200 like but the thing is, like, I don't want to just sell it to, like, someone that doesn't even listen to Mob Deep. And, like, it's so, like, easy to tell, like, who's into that stuff and who's not, you know. Like, yeah. And then that's that's the reason, like. So, okay, that's uh, good to know. What about the highest price shirt you've seen? You said you've seen shirts go for two grand? I mean, yeah, dude. Shirts like go the ODB for, like, one? Stuff. Oh, I, I wasn't even thinking about that one. Yeah, I mean, that shirt, yeah, that one definitely could probably, I'm sure someone out there would pay some crazy price for it, you know. I mean, yeah, it doesn't make sense to me. That part doesn't make sense to me. It really doesn't. Because, like, honestly, I would say it's, like, a five $600 shirt. But then, like, someone else would be like, oh, no, like, I'll pay 1500 or I'll trade you this shirt and give you 1200 Like, it's almost like you're making 1800 Like, it's some, I don't know. Yeah, it's wild. When you think about the economy of a shirt, it's interesting because you're like, okay, so say this shirt has $800 value. Some guy bins it for, like, a buck maybe, right? just out of pure yeah. fucking luck. Then he goes and maybe flips it for like a couple hundred bucks because he doesn't know the market. That guy flips it for five and somebody else flips it for six and then that person's done wearing it and then he flips it for six again. Yeah. It's like that one shirt could have passed hands 10 times and brought and you know passed around like 10 grand value between all these different people. <laughs> it's kind of crazy. Yeah, it is crazy. I mean. The game, the game is wild. We've we've sold I've sold a shirt, not a wrap tee. The highest T-shirt I've ever sold was twenty four hundred, mm-hmm. I think, or twenty three hundred. I'm not going to mention which shirt it was, but I think wrap <laughs> tees. I don't think me and Jesse. Maybe we've got gotten a grand before, but I think probably more like seven or eight is our top out. Okay, I think I might be in the same boat as far as like stuff I've actually sold. I think I've gotten like offers over that, but I really won't like. If, if they're offering me that much, it's probably something I actually I'm really into. Like, it's probably like a Nas or a Mob Deep shirt. And, like, that stuff, like, I won't get rid of it unless, like, you trade me something I want plus cash or you just, you know. Yeah. Give me, like, the insane, insane amount offer that, like, no one could say no to, you know. So do you think the market's dropping or do you think it's still holding strong right now? I think the bootlegs market is still going up, which is insane to me. And then the promo tees, like, I don't know. I feel like people don't really care about the promo tees. That's what doesn't make so, sense to me. So, go back to the bootlegs for a second. You think yeah. the market's going up? Yeah. Dude, Even for, like, the Tupacs and up. shit? Or is Not that... for the Tupacs. Tupacs no. are kind of down. Tupacs, those or have just, been done. Yeah, yeah, okay. That's what I was going to say. Once those, like... But so, the, the super rare, like, the weird colorways, the the good graphics, yeah. obviously, the Mob Deeps and the the um, but yeah, you know, like rare if, if shirts. If you find a, the bootleg style shirt and it's one that, like, people haven't seen, I'm sure, like that price is still going up. If it's like something that's common, it's been floating around for a few years, like 
you know, then, you know, it might be going down a little bit. Yeah, but. Okay. All right. So to the promo shirt. So that's what, so I want, I want to say something here. I watched your stash Raiders. Yes. Super impressed with your stash Raiders. You have such a deep knowledge of hip hop and you have such a deep knowledge of the, the shirts that you have and the rappers who they're of, which is so rad. And I think it's super cool to listen to all the stories about it. Everything you talked about kind of had a story or all the shirts had stories and the stories of how you got them. And, um, it was rad. So favorite stash Raiders episode. <laughs> Big shit. Appreciate you. So talk about your kind of switch from bootlegs to, um, to the promos. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think the promos are just, you know, more timeless. That's just the stuff that, like, I, I'm, I've always been, like, a simple, like, you know, fashion type of dude. So I'd, like, I'd actually prefer to just have, like, a simple, you know, boom, logo on the chest or whatever. That's just me personally. I was into the bootlegs a lot. Like, pretty much I was wearing bootlegs, like, mostly every day, like, a few years ago. Like, every day I'd wake up, I'd throw on, like, a bootleg shirt with them. That looked, like... It just eventually got kind of corny to me, and I was like, I don't even want to, like, you know, it's not, like, my style, my true style. So then once I got into, the, like, the promo tees, it just looked a little better. And then that's just the stuff that, like, I actually listen to the music, you know, so I'd rather sport, like, the official merch than, like, the bootleg at the end of the day, you know. Just me personally, though. Yeah. I think that's fucking rad, man. I think it's cool that you're into something that isn't just for the hype, you know, because yeah. too many people are just in it for the hype. But you're gonna create the hype on those, and then it's gonna blow up. So <laughs> <laughs> don't say that, man. That's why I do. There, there's some stuff that I don't even post because I don't even want people looking for it. You know, to be honest, like there's some streetwear brands I don't you're post. You're smart, that, man. Like I don't even want people looking for it. You know. So you're friends with the Varsity homies. Yep. Justin and Nils. You mentioned that earlier yeah. in our talk here, but. Um, you said that they were a big influence on you, right? Yeah. So how does that come about? And like, did you know them four years ago? Because Justin was would have been new to LA. That or was, how long has he been in LA? <laughs> um, I don't know how long he's been in LA. Because he's a New York homie. It's yeah, funny yeah. how I met Justin. Actually, I went to New York with my wife and my son. Fuck, must have been like seven years ago. And I randomly yeah. did a shout out on Instagram saying, "Anybody in New York want to meet up? Anybody got stuff to sell?" Yeah. Whatever. Well, is Varsity three years now, or is it two? I think Varsity's probably three. Okay. But he was here long before yeah, yeah, they had Varsity. That's, that's how I, I met them at Rose Bowl. They, yeah. used, they used to have a booth before they opened, um, and I would just I would go to their booth, and they would have like some cool stuff, and I would buy some stuff off them every now and then. But uh, I would really just talk to Justin a lot. And then one day, I remember I ran into him at a thrift in Pasadena. And I was like, oh, like, what's up, dude? Like, how you doing? And then we chopped it up for a bit. And then after that, I feel like we, we were pretty much good friends after that, like, that thrift meetup. Yeah. Um, yeah, see, he, he hit me up in New York, and I went to meet him at a store he was working at. Yeah. And we just randomly met him. It was like, I'd never met the guy before. J Surplus on Instagram. Went and met him at a store. He was super cool. Yeah. And, uh, and then once he moved to L.A., obviously, he hit us up. And he's like, I'm out here now. So we hung out all the time. Right? Yeah. No, they're they're good dudes, and yeah. their booth is still there on the far wall. But who's running it? Uh, is it theirs? I, I think that's Kenna's booth. Oh, okay, right? Kenna's booth. Uh, yeah. I'm not sure. Kenna's still it down. them. Yeah. Um, so how have they kind of mentored you? And like, you know, you spend a lot of time with those guys. So like, yeah, I mean, just they were just like a big influence on like a lot of stuff. Like a lot, like because I was into like a lot of streetwear brands and stuff. But then like I started hanging out with them, and they would put me on to like stuff I'd never even heard of. And then it kind of got me into like looking for that, 
and then they would I would go I would pop in they're like oh you should listen to this like if you like listening to this you know and he was just putting me onto like a lot of music you know a lot of streetwear fashion stuff like that a lot of cool artists so it kind of broadened your spectrum of, of what yeah, was out there definitely did yeah That's and they taught me a lot about just like because I would sell to them a lot so I would go to the bins and then I would find stuff that I knew they liked and then they would teach me about it and stuff like that and then i was at that time i was just like a sponge so everything they told me i was just picking it up and like i was not forgetting it you know so i definitely owe them a lot of like the knowledge i've, I've learned and stuff shout out to those guys shout out yeah. to varsity and it seemed like the two of them together knew like anything i ever had a question for like if justin didn't know nils knew if nils didn't know justin knew you know yes they are a wealth of knowledge man and they, they, especially when it comes to music, when it comes to t-shirt, like t-shirts, Niels has like a background in, uh, he's into hardcore, right? So he right. knows like obscure bands and <laughs> yeah, yeah. so yeah, they know their shit, those guys. So tell them, tell the listeners where their stories. Yeah, Varsity's, um, it's on Melrose, I believe, I don't know the cross street, but it's in Melrose, yeah. Yeah, sure. but it's like the other end. It's like the east yeah, end, right? it's on the other end of Melrose, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, look, look it up. up. Varsity, Varsity Los Angeles is the yeah. Instagram? Varsity Los Angeles is yeah. the handle. And then the other handle is uh, Husker Do-Rag, is Nils, and Justin is J Surplus. Yep. Go give a follow. <laughs> um, okay, so I want to get back to your events for a sec. So we talked about the Def Jam event, but... You did some events here in LA, or you did one event here in LA, the 25th anniversary of the Nas album, right? Yeah. Um, so that was a super sick curation of all Nas merch, right? Yeah. So how many pieces did you have? Um, so we had we had the bootlegs and the promo t-shirts on the wall, unlike that grid. That was probably 20 pieces, and it was like Nas, AZ, uh, we had like a intelligent hoodlum shirt. Uh, we had like a big noise shirt, and then we also had a rack of stuff that was like more like for sale. And then that was also like probably thirty pieces of Nas stuff, and then like people he worked with, so like Q-tip stuff like that. Um, so that was probably like fifty pieces in total. Nice. Yeah, it was. So it was, I'm gonna, it was a I'm gonna go out on a limb and say that was probably the biggest stash of vintage Nas merch ever put together. <laughs> I mean, if, if, you, if anybody knows of a bigger stash, you got to send us a message, okay? Yeah, I mean, it, it was a lot of teas, and then we also made merch for the event. So that was actually, that was selling pretty good, too. I think we sold out, aside from, like, one tea that we each kept, like, for the archive, and then, like, a hoodie I kept for myself. But we pretty much sold out the merch, which was really dope. Did Nas know you were doing this? No, he didn't know. Did he, did he reach out at all during no, the process? No, um... He didn't, but then recently when I was at when I was at the Def Jam event, I was talking to some people from Mass Appeal and I was showing them. And then he he pretty much owns Mass Appeal, and they did an event the same time we did an event. But people were saying like, "Yo, like yours was way better." Like, Yo, we got to <laughs> show. Like it was crazy because people flew in because their event was the day before ours, and there was there was a guy that came in like he just flew in from uh, from New York, which is where they did their event. And he's like, yo, man, I was just at the Mass Appeal event and like, yo, like what you guys did, like with like the budget, like you had no budget, like what you guys did is like way better than what they did. Like this is like really impressive. And they probably spent G's. Yeah, dude, straight G's. <laughs> good for you, man. That's good. You're getting the recognition you deserve there. Yeah. So tell us about the upcoming event. You said you got an event coming in November, right? Yeah. Uh, so we're going to be doing an event at uh, our friend Trident True Coast store. Uh, we're Which gonna Fairfax try- is like 
It's yeah, right Fairfax beside and um, Melrose, right? What's the sneaker store? It's beside the... It's right next to Flight Club. Yeah, Flight Club. Yeah. And uh, what we're planning to do is like vintage movie merch. We're going to do a lot of hood classics. So stuff like Belly, Menace Society. And then we're going to do a lot of Spike Lee flicks. You know, he got game, do the right thing, stuff like that. We're going to have a lot of vintage merch, a bunch of photos. Uh, I think we might even play a movie there on the projector. We're, we're still trying to figure out the Fire details. Fire the popcorn yet. machine, man. But yeah, it should be really dope. So if anybody uh, wants to check that out, that should be the first or second week of November. Uh, if you want, I'll be posting details about it as I get them. Nice. Yeah, hopefully I'm here. If it's a, if it coincides with the bowl, I'll uh, I'll come out, man. Yeah, for sure. That'd be sick. So you said you also might show up at uh, ComplexCon, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it's very possible. Uh, Going to the dark be, side of, of yeah, hype beastdom. Yeah. yeah, I might I might uh, have a little setup at ComplexCon with uh, with the Def Jam booth. Um, still working out the details, but uh, it's looking like I'm gonna do it. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Yeah, I was kind of saying this, but it's wild there, man. It's, yeah. it's such. It was really good to do it the first year. We missed the we missed the first year they did it, but we did it the second year and the third year. Yeah, just so many people, and it, like they're just swarming, and that that yeah. that streetwear hype beast scene is so strong right now. Yeah, they all want it. They don't even know what they want. They just want something. They're just out buying, buying, <laughs> buying. It's kind of crazy. Yeah um so yeah good luck with that man yeah that's that's the thing man that's like as much as i'm looking forward to it like i'm just I'm not trying to get swarmed by like all these crazy kids and have stuff end up missing you know like that's the thing man and it sucks that i even have to worry about that you know but it is what it is yeah you got this so tell us your favorite instagram accounts of the moment Oh, this doesn't have to be vintage man. either. This could be like oh, okay. some next shit too. Like who, if you follow someone that you just okay, say, yeah. cool. Um, definitely collectors committee. You you uh you up to date with them? No, collectors. So committee. yeah, he's just uh, he's, he's a young cat out of New York, and he's just posting like a bunch of like vintage streetwear, like ads, commercials, uh, stuff like that, like vintage, like fucked, uh, like ads, stuff like that. Uh, he's really cool. Uh, so that's collectors have committee. You, have on you Instagram. hit him up at all? Uh, yeah, I mean, he's a cool dude. I talk to him all the time. Um, definitely All Originals, one of my favorite pages for All the Envy. Um, all Originals? Yeah, All Originals. Uh, for All the Envy, you know, Varsity, of yeah. course. F is in Frank. Uh, those guys are pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen the new account, the Vintage Community Memes? <laughs> oh god no. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, I think they just popped up like three days ago. Um. Yeah, for all to envy. So, are you friends with Kirk? Yeah, yeah, I, I'm cool with him if he's ever in the store, you know. And I could. Oh, he comes into Endanger. No, no, his store. If oh, he, if, if you're in the store, if he's ever open, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just runs on his own hours, man. That guy's like, <laughs> yeah. fuck, whatever he's feeling like that day. Yeah, yeah. He's like, yeah, I'll be open at two thirty to two forty-five Tuesday if you want to pull up. <laughs> <laughs> Good for him. Good for Kirk yeah. that he can live his life like that, man. That's yeah. fucking, that's control, man. Kirk's really cool. Every time I go there, we always have some cool conversation. For sure. Yeah, we have history with Kirk. Yeah. We used to do hat snapback digs together. Oh, yeah, yeah. Dope. Back in the day, we used to dig a lot, even when he was still out in New Hampshire. Yeah. So he lived in New Hampshire in Manchester, I think, was yeah. where he started. And he was just running everything off eBay, and he was wholesaling and doing his thing. We used to meet up here a bit. We used to go on other digs together, go find snapback hats, yeah. and um, yeah, we've we've been knowing that guy for years and years and years. And then he came out and he started that other store called um, what's I forgot the name? Yeah, other Fairfax store. 
but they sold like vintage sportswear and stuff, right? It was like sportswear, wrestling gear, yeah. boxing gear, bunch of hats, and then he started his own store, which he's got now, which is rad. And he used to come to the bowl all the time, but he, it's like random now I see him yeah. in the bowl. I actually saw him at the last bowl, but like he, he told me like, yeah, I'm out here with the wife looking for furniture, no clothes today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And also, uh, shout out to uh, DITC for life, 1994. He posts a lot of, like, cool throwback videos, you know, Yo! TV raps, stuff like that. And you could just see, like, through those videos, like, the fashion, you know, the era. And uh, that shit's really cool for me to see, you know. Sweet. I'm going to yeah. put these links all in the description. So if you want to go follow these accounts, check them out. I know I'm going to because I don't even think I follow any of these people. Yeah, Except for all originals. For all to envy. Um... I think that's it, man. Anybody you want to like personally give a shout out to, or like anything um, else you want to touch on here? This is open forum, man. Yeah, we can yeah. talk about whatever. Shout out to uh, back in the days, vintage. Uh, that's like my my boy that I'm doing the events with. Esco, right? Yeah, he's, he's super low key. He doesn't post pretty much ever on Instagram, but uh, he's definitely like the one person that's like I'd say probably has a better stash than me, or you know the same amount of stuff as me. Um, you know, shout out to Taryn, my old roommate, the thrift lord, doing his thing in Texas, even though he doesn't talk to me no more, you know. He said he saw you at the bowl. He did, yeah. For like a minute. Yeah, for like 30 seconds. I said what's up to him. <laughs> Do you guys chat on the phone ever? No. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what, I, like, you guys, I don't know what you guys need to do? I don't want to call someone and just talk about like t-shirts when I'm home, you know. like You got to get on, uh, you got to play video games with them. <laughs> over the internet man <laughs> I remember coming to his apartment a couple yeah. years ago and you guys were playing like I don't even know what you were playing but Call of Duty or something Call of Duty yeah getting right into that shit you can play Call of Duty with him man you keep in touch yeah. you can talk smack to each other over the headphones <laughs> I don't even play video games no more man. no you're done I did man but I got a bad connection where I live so it's like it's not even worth it Oh, My Wi-Fi sucks, dude. Yeah, we gotta get on that broadband, man. <laughs> you know? Are you coming to Bowl Sunday? Yeah, I'll definitely be at Rose Bowl. Uh, I'll just be buying them. Yeah, see if I can find anything. If anyone has some cool shit they want to sell me, hit me up. <laughs> Chico's Closet. What was the last good pickup you got? Oh, come on, man. I'm buying stuff every day. Are you? you know? Yeah, I'm buying stuff every day. Did you buy something today? Um, Yeah, I did. What is it? It's here. Uh, I mean, I'm just right now. I'm just looking for a lot of Def Jam stuff. So I bought like a third base shirt. I got like a really dope triple five soul hoodie. Uh, when they were doing like the handmade stuff with the stripes and stuff. I got a few pieces in my stash. Triple five. No, oh, I need that. Yeah, yeah, that's the shit right there. I used to wear that stuff, man. Really? Oh yeah, dude. You, you get it from the store? Yeah, we get it from the store. You, Me and Jesse, know, like, uh, you we, know Camilla or no? No. Oh, okay. That was like. Probably just after Fresh Jive era, I guess, Triple Five Soul. Mm. And we would, you'd find it at like the hip hop record stores and like the raves, rave slash like Dang, record stores and that shit. That stuff's hard to find, man. Yeah, that was cool though. Yeah, I love that stuff. Yeah, I mean, I'm buying stuff every day, like, you know, so, every, anywhere I can, you know. All right, well, we're going to leave it at that. This yeah. is Chico's Closet, the yeah. Rap T King. Signing out. Thanks for listening. Subscribe to the podcast. (laughs) And we out. Yeah. Peace.